Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Top Bins with Twins. It's been a minute. It has been a hot second, but we are excited to be back. Yes, we are, Luke. We're pumped to be back. We are. I think we're nice and refreshed from a nice little holiday to England and Scotland. And we might touch on that a little bit at the end, but do we want to dive into how our teams performed in game week 34, Paul? I would, honestly, I would fucking love to. Oh, okay. Sounds like someone got a, had a good week in FPL. Tell me about it. Um, This was honestly not my best week because I was just looking at my game week history and I had some really good weeks earlier on. But this week was an absolute hit for me because of my free hit. And so this week, I'm intended. Yeah, exactly, exactly, Luke. Everything's intentional, you know. And so I, Captain Holland, banked 16 from him, multiplied that by two, 32 points, looking good. Had Saul on 18, Mares on 11, Astupian and Steel 16 and 15. And then I had a couple other contributors, Rashford, Mares, Trent, Stones. Honestly, I got contributions from everybody besides Sancho and Matoma. Which, looking back, bringing Sancho in was a risk, but uh, I, I thought it was possible he could have had a had a surprise week to kind of go for a differential there, but didn't pan out. But on a free hit, that's kind of what we're looking for, right, Luke? Yeah, at this point in the season, if you're looking to make up rank, then you know those differentials are the way to go. And we'll kind of highlight some um, remaining differentials for the next four game weeks as we go through the podcast this week. But I think that you know you you definitely took a punt on Sancho. I wasn't quite sure if it was going to work out. But at least you mm-hmm. got the the assist points um, from their first match this week, so that that definitely made it worthwhile. And even that differential potential that those points offered probably helped out a lot, if I had to guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I wish. I think next year I want to be on that app. Little, I don't. What what is that, Luke? The live you exactly. FPL. Yeah, I think I'll probably do that next year, so I can see exactly what every player does and how they affect my rank and all that. But this year, haven't done that. So I can't tell you exactly what it was, but he had to contribute a little bit, even if it was just he got me four points this week. But it's better than zero, so we'll take it. Hey, it's better than a solid two-pointer from Sully Marsh hey, after Brighton scores. You're hating on your dude, Luke? <laughs> he, it's you just have, frustrating. You have so much space on that island. And I'm not, I'm not to... even hating. All I'm saying is that this was the one of the Madden, I mean, the first match against Wolves. He just wasn't in the right positions. Um yeah. And it seems like he was going through everyone else, and he just did not get in on, I don't even know what you call that match against Wolves. It was just slaughter, maybe? Yeah. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. um, do you want to kind of highlight the West, where the rest of the points came from, Paul, for your team? Um, so, I mean, that was that was about it. I mean, I had yeah. Sala, who had 18, which I would have captained him, which I actually considered I probably would have got, I think, four more points out of it instead of Holland. Right. But, right. I mean, overall, a great week for me. I ended up getting let's see so i say the number right so i came in 84k in the world this week that's not too bad huge huge win 133 points free hit paid off for me luke it did i I love to hear that for you Mm -hmm. um i i heard a rumor that you did pretty good this week that free hit beat my team by three points i used my triple captainship this week and ended up on 130 points I feel like I don't even need to tell you who I triple captained. I triple we all captained know. Erling Holland, the Norwegian god at this point. The I wonder, don't. Wonderkin. Can we can we accurately describe him in a sentence? I doubt it. No. But so my team performed really well. I had Ederson in goal and the one time City keep a clean sheet. He does not start. Maybe that's saying something. I don't know. 
Estupin in 16, yeah. Trent on 11, and Dallow on 10. Missed out on the clean sheet points for Dallow at the very death against Brighton. Although I was happy to see Brighton get the points. Yeah. So that is the differential this week. That is why Paul won um, mm-hmm. the week over me. So congratulations, Paul. You did extremely well this week. Thank you. It feels um, good. It feels good. I'm not going to lie. It feels great. <laughs> the other people I had returning this week, I had Salah for 18, Rashford for 8, and Grealish for 7. Um, he was probably pretty unlucky not to get any points in the first match from their yeah. double that, um, earlier on in the week. And then I had Matoma and Marsh both blanking out of 7 goals and neither goal com- contribution from either one of them. Who who knows with that one? Um, and then I had Jada up top and Holland, my triple captain. So it's a good triple captain. How many the, points did he get for you total? Jo- oh, Holland, he had what 16. Um, if you just didn't captain him, so I ended up with 48. Hey, that's so that's a good I for you. honestly, it would have been a perfect week if he would have got one more goal. Yeah, that I think would have boosted my rank even a little bit higher from the triple captain. And then I think he would have been on three bonus points um, mm-hmm. in either one of the matches. So, you know, it is what it is. But overall, very happy with that week. It's nice to, you know, finally have that bounce back week where I perform well. I think I was like 114K overall for the week. And I went from 2.8 million overall to 2.1 million. That's good. So, hey, progress, dude. I, with, with my free hit still in play, I'm very, you know, very optimistic I can maybe... I don't know. I think a good goal would be to try to crack the 1.5 million by the end of the end of the mm-hmm. season. Maybe yeah. even maybe even break into the top million, which right. would be nice. Shoot for the stars, dude. I might might be able to catch Kyle. We'll see how it goes, depending on how his weeks end up playing out and if I perform well. Kyle, yeah. you hear that? You hear those <laughs> footsteps? It just sounded like you footsteps? were knocking on a door. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I guess both work. I really only have one hand right now because I'm holding a mic, so. Kyle, the idea is there. There's footsteps, dude. For if he's both li- of if us, he's there's four footsteps. <laughs> oh, Kyle listens. He knows what he's doing. Kyle, we'll see you soon. Yeah, well. Um, okay, so uh, I think that is going to wrap on our review from um, from players from this week. Paul, do you have anything else you want to add? No, just um, I get I fun guess, week. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. You see Ake with, what, what did he get, a 15-pointer? 15 15-pointer. 15 from one match. I mean, it just goes to show the power of goals for defenders. And like yeah, Stupin, he, he could have, he should have had a goal in that first match against Wolves, and that would have been a huge differential for both Paul oh, and yeah. I. Um, I think that, a lot of people in our league had him, but still, like those six points and then the guaranteed bonus on top of that, well, beautiful. I mean, that that may have put me in the top 20K in the world. Yeah, and then Trent almost scored a goal as well too. So that, I mean, it would have been uh, that have been stupid. Yeah, I, I honestly I think Trent is going to be a mainstay in everyone's teams for the remaining four weeks, mm-hmm. just with that three five two that they're playing, the way he's pushing up and playing balls in. Mm-hmm. I, how could you not have him in your team? You know that yeah. someone he is more expensive, but budgeting and you know getting finding a way to squeeze him in is going to be really important for everyone. I think for the rest of the rest of the season. I agree. Well, we can kind of dive into that later on. Yeah, we definitely will. Um, All right. Well, we'll take a little break, and we'll be right back. All right. Bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We are going to do a little segment here on some differentials that we really like over the remaining four game weeks. Um, Paul, do you want me to kick this one off, or do you want to go first? Yes, go for it. All right. So at this time of the year in FPL, 
there's a lot of people who are wanting to make massive rank gains or a few people here and there who just kind of want to stay in steady and kind of are happy where they're at for the remaining of the season. So what we're going to do is we're going to provide some players for you all out there who are looking for some massive rank gains over the next four game weeks. Mm -hmm. And it is important to mention that there is one team over those four game weeks who has six fixtures lined up. That's Brighton. Um, And then we have what three other four other teams who have five out of the remaining four. Yeah. So those teams are definitely going to be targeted by FPL owners, especially those looking for those differential potential. Um, but we do have to worry about rotation, especially with Brighton, after seeing what happened this past week. Yeah, agreed. With all this being said, the differential that I think is maybe the best opportunity for FPL owners to look at, there's there's really two that I'm thinking in my head right now. The first one being Jamie Vardy of Leicester. That's a interesting choice. The in, so let me explain why I think this. So over the remaining four, Leicester have Fulham away, Liverpool at home, Newcastle away, and then West Ham at home. So two of those fixtures sound really good, right? They've got yeah. Fulham, who has nothing to play for, and just haven't looked sharp. And just you know, you just don't really know what to expect from Fulham. I think. Liverpool, that's a tough one. Newcastle, very tough. They're going away to St. James Park, so I don't expect anything from them. But in the final game week, they're playing West Ham at home. That could possibly be a relegation decider right there. You never know. So I think Leicester have a lot to play for. And most importantly, this is the reason why I say this. Over the past game week, when there were lots of doubles, Jamie Vardy was second overall in the league in XG. He had an XG of 2.13, purely from one match. He played all 90 minutes. Against Everton? Yeah. And he had one goal, and he underperformed his XG by 1.13. I mean, that's like he, he should have, if he finishes the way you expect him to, or if it's prime Vardy, he probably has two or three goals in one game week. See, the, Luke, what you're doing, though, is you're comparing this stat in one game against Everton. And then uh, even right, even, but, even the matchup against Fulham is going to be more difficult. Even Liver- Liverpool and then Newcastle and West Ham. No, no, all, the, all the next four teams, they're easily better than Everton. I wouldn't say easily for West Ham. And I think Fulham don't have too much to play for, but it's, a, it's certainly a roll of the dice. But just looking at the underlying numbers, his XG is 2.13 from one game week. And I mean, we know they're under Lester's under new management, so I think there's a fo- the priority here is to kind of get Vardy in those Sorry. spaces, and he has he has Madison to play him these really incredible balls through. I just think that if you're looking for someone who is a huge yeah. shot in the dark, you can't confirm that you know he's going to return for you at all, but he could have a massive haul in him, and if you if you have him in your team. That's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. His his yeah. current ownership, let me look it up. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head. But his current ownership is just 2%. Given, given his current price is 9.1 million pounds. Yeah. That's a lot. You know, so I think maybe if temporarily you want to go from um, Kane to him, because in the next match, Wolves have, no, Spurs play Crystal Palace. 
So you probably won't cane if you're having from that, but it's just something to think about. Rolling it out there, see what people see if anyone's interested in it. But um, it's something that I would maybe consider possibly. Hey, you know, we're, we're suggesting differentials here, Luke. So I mean, that's that's for sure a differential. Right that there. is mega differential. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, so my first one is actually going to be Son from Tottenham Spurs. Okay, let's let's hear why. So I love their matchups. The next four games they're playing, the only bad part about their matchups is they don't have a double in there, which is something we like to target. But So they play Palace, Villa, Brentford, and Leeds. And I, I see... I see goals in all those games for Spurs. And if we look at Son last week, nine points. The week before against United, eight points. And then he has a two-pointer against Newcastle. Against Bournemouth, he has nine. And against Brighton, he had seven. So if we look at that, he's been a lot more involved since Conte's left. And his XG numbers have gotten markedly better. So there's improvement, which tells me, I mean, this is a player last year that led the Premier League in goals. He scored 24 goals. We we know he, that that same player is in there somewhere. It's basically almost the same team around him, just a different right, setup. Right. We we know how he plays the Harry Kane. If if they can figure that out, the, this last stretch, these last four games of the year, he could be a mega differential. The price point sucks. We're not going to lie. For eleven point five million, that one's difficult to work around. But if you want a differential to say Salah or KDB, one of those mega midfielders, this is a good way to save a little money from them but also still have somebody that can give you a hat trick on any any given game. Yeah, I agree. And one of the biggest differences as well with Ryan Mason taking over, he's kind of shifted to like a, I think it's more of like a 3-5-2 where Son is up top with Kane. Yeah. Kind of reverting back to how they played with like Pochettino and stuff where it was the two of them up top. Mm-hmm. And they're able to use that relationship they have. And I think that's why you're seeing a big difference in Son as well. Yeah. Because he being isolated out on the wing with Par I mean, people speculate that Parasitch was a big part of it, but it's just I think that relationship with Kane is something you want to prioritize and build around. Yeah. And it looks like maybe Tottenham are finally doing that, which um about damn time, you know, Tottenham have been probably the most frustrating team to watch like just watching them hurts my soul. I would agree. If you have Sun as an asset, if you bring him in, don't watch the games. I think the football <laughs> gods, don't. they're sitting up on their version of Mount Olympus, looking down and frowning and probably saying a lot more than just frowning, if you ha- if I had to guess. I would I would agree with you, Luke. Zeus is not happy with Tottenham right now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, All right, who is your next differential, Luke? My next differential is no one else other than Dominique Calvert-Lewin from Everton another striker and as Paul stipulated earlier the matchup is very it's very matchup dependent the underlying numbers but Calvert-Lewin had an xg over the past week of 1.97 he ended up with one goal so he underperformed the xg by 0.97 yeah very easily we could expect him to have you know another goal at least um so I mean I mean, once again, once again, mega differential. Everton over the next four have Brighton, City, Wolves, and Bournemouth. That's a really nice run. Outside of City, yeah. of course. City, they're probably just going to get utterly annihilated, and it's going to be bad. But the other three, I think they could get points out of it, and if they're going to, you feel like Calvert-Lewin's going to be scoring goals for them. 
Yeah. I mean, if, if Everton can find goals, then I think you're um, onto something. And the other real question is, though, can they find the goals? That is a, that's a very good question. Um, so we'll I'm not, not going to guarantee anything there, but I think um, if maybe you're like free hitting or something in 37, maybe Calvert Lewin's a really good person to include in that free hit. Yeah. Right. So something to think about. Um, but that's going to be my second differential. Paul, do you have another one that you're thinking about? Yeah, I think um, my next one is Eze. Okay. What, what makes you say that? So as we've seen since um, Roy Hudson's been back at Palace, he's just somehow managed to take this team that could not score goals under Patrick Vieira and just let him loose. And he's let the young kids just ball out. And Eze's been a massive part of that. I mean, since he's been back, he has an 8-pointer, 16-pointer nine pointer i mean this guy is somebody that he he's kind of like the man that runs everything for palace and especially with zaha being back back with he he may have a knock i think he's flagged right now but if um with zaha back with elise on the on the right side i mean he has he has people to to assist he can create goals as we've seen his xg last week was 0.82 got one goal XGI was a total of 1.01. He's 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 going to he's going to produce like if Palace is getting goals, I think as they have shown he's going to be involved with that. So somebody to kind of take a look at and his price point's great. I mean, he only, he's only 5.5 million, so that's I, I think he's a good option to kind of look at there. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's a good shout there. He out of the people who've been going back and forth between Elise and Eze after what was it? Leeds when they caught everyone's attention. Yep. I think that Eze is definitely kind of taking the edge over that. Um, but honestly, I think I think you can't go wrong with either one, but Eze does seem to have more of that gold gold differential over Lise. So yeah. um, I think that's a really solid shout. They the I like the I like their matchups. The fixtures are good. I mean they have Spurs, um, Bournemouth, Fulham, and Nottingham Forest. And so two at home as well. Um and as we as we saw, Selhurst Park is an yeah. amazing place to take in a Premier League match. It's a great atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll touch on that a little bit, perhaps, at the end. But I like that shot. That's a very good one. Very good one. Yeah. What's your last one, Luke? My last one is... So I, I couldn't really decide. There's kind of... Really, I'm kind of going back and forth between two people, but I don't think yeah. he's a mega differential. But I think that Callum Wilson is going to work his way into a ton of people's teams. Yeah. Right. With, I mean, he played 41 minutes this week and compiled an XG of 2.34. That's insane impressive. for 41 minutes. That's like, if he, if he can be on the pitch, he's going to get results. Like, not, he's not guaranteed to get results, but he's going to stack up that XG. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he ended yeah. up with two goals in 41 minutes. I just, I can't get over that. Yeah, it's difficult it's choosing between him and um, Isak, isn't it? Well, I kind of like what they're doing where yeah. if Wilson's in, he plays nine, and then they just push Isak out on the left. And, and he's still producing from that he's left. He's still producing. Left, I mean, yeah. he had zero XG this week, which is kind of crazy, but mm-hmm. he had an XA of 1.09. So he's out on the wing. He's creating. He had an assist. And we all saw that run that he made against, um, yeah, that was who awesome. was that? Was that Everton? I don't remember. I think it was, it was Everton, yeah. It sounds right. But um, gosh, he is just so much fun to watch play. He he is such talent. Newcastle, mm-hmm. they they struck gold on that one. I think everyone knew about Isak, but 
I don't know. He's going to be a great player for them for a long time coming if he stays there. I would agree, Luke. I, I'm totally in agreement there with you, man. Yeah. So Callum Wilson, someone to think about. Um, typically, throughout the courses this of this year, I've been very shy to follow the, you know, players that everyone thinks are going to perform. And I think this time I'm just going to look at the underlying numbers and you know disregard every everyone else's opinion. Right. If I like him and think he's going to perform well, then I'm just going to go with it, regardless yeah. of if everyone else is bringing him in or not. Yeah, go with your gut, dude. If you um, if you feel confident about it, no reason not to. You know, we're in the final, we're in the home stretch. We are. We've got to end it with a bang, and you know, hopefully increase those overall ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's the goal yeah so paul do you have um you did your third and final one correct yeah i well i, I did too but honestly i for my third one i don't have anybody that i'm really massively looking for on a differential because i already have i already have Eze in my team i have um joe linton too i just okay so I'll yeah. I'll toss in one more differential real fast. Okay, go ahead. I think that James Madison is an interesting shout to bring in because this Are you week, ready for disappointment? Exactly, exactly. Getting hey, back on that train you, again, right? If you, want, if you like, if you like getting hurt, go for it. Just you know, when you're getting on the train, mind the gap. <laughs> yeah, Be care- mind the gap. Be careful. Don't don't get stuck in. Um, but yeah, so Madison he had an XG of point nine seven. XA of 1.09. Those are great numbers. I mean, you know, combine those, he's you know over two, right? And combining XG and XA. So that's really nice. Um, I think that he's someone that a lot of FPL owners are going to be skeptical about bringing back in. And that offers, you know, huge differential um, gains there. So if you're willing to possibly yeah. get Burnigan, you know, then go for it. I think that the numbers indicate it's very possible and likely that he does get a goal contribution. But we've all been here before where I he mean, doesn't. Hey, if you are throwing out, um, if you're throwing out Jamie Vardy, I mean, if, if he scores, it's probably going to be James Madison that assists. That's so. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're throwing your hat in that race, Luke, then I think you just just go for it. You know. Let me stipulate this with, I think I've been burnt one too many times. Yeah, just just throwing out an idea. For FPL owners out there, maybe it could be a good fit. But me personally, I don't know if I can do it. Fair. Um, fair. It's just, it's someone who's on my mind and I'm thinking about, but I don't know if I can get myself to that position where I'm going to do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I think that will probably wrap on this segment for us. Mm -hmm. We're going to come back and kind of touch on Something that's not FPL, but something that is really to EPL. So we're going to talk about the title race and kind of how we see it playing out. So we'll be right back. All right. All right. We're back. Top bins with twins. Luke. Welcome back. No, 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 no. All right. So in this segment, we're going to do a little thing. Luke made me laugh. Well, in order segment. (laughs) Just kidding. <laughs> Michael Gary Scott. <laughs> All right. Luke messed. I had a little thing I wanted to do in my head. but Wait, Luke, wait, wait, Paul. Luke made it so much better. What was the worst part about prison? <laughs> the Dementors. 
<laughs> Sorry, I completely derailed that segment. Go ahead, Paul. Date Mike. Nice to meet me. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's How start. do you like your eggs in the morning? <laughs> uh, we can do this for hours. We're, we're going to cut this off right now. So what we're going to do in this segment is we're going to talk about who we think is winning the title race, Arsenal or City. And so if you are a City fan, prepare to get triggered. I think Arsenal are going to pull it out this year. I'm not even a City fan, and I'm triggered. That's fine. Be triggered. Go for it. Okay, this is going to be a lot of fun because we did not talk about this ahead of time, and we did not know, although I could predict what side you were going to be on. I knew exactly what side you'd be on too, Luke. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Okay, let's go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me why you think Arsenal is going to come from behind and steal the title. There's Okay, first off, if we're going to just look at this logistically. So City play Leeds, Everton, Chelsea, Brighton, and Brentford. And then Arsenal played Newcastle, Brighton, Forest, and Wolves. So just looking on those on face value, we, in my head, I would check off Leeds as a win, Everton as a win for City. Chelsea, I think that's a trap game. Brighton, trap game. Brentford, I think they'll beat Brentford. So if you're looking at that, I think there's two losses or ties in there for City. And Arsenal play Newcastle and Brighton. And honestly... I think they're going to beat Newcastle, and I think they're going to beat Brighton. You think they're going to beat Newcastle? I think they're going to beat Newcastle. Why do you think that? If you look at Newcastle's defense over the last seven weeks, it has not been the fortress that it was at the beginning of the year. But they're scoring goals. That was their problem at the beginning of the year. I understand they're scoring goals. I'm not saying that Arsenal's going to keep a clean sheet. Good God, no. Arsenal probably will not keep clean sheets in any of these games. But if we look at Saka, Saka's struggled a lot, and I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna figure it out. You have Jesus back up top. They're kind of been integrating everybody in, kind of back after injuries and everything. And yes, the defense has sucked, but I, there's just something deep inside me that thinks that Arsenal's really just gonna pull this out. This might be a scorching hot take, but personally, I think that Arsenal's best starting three up top would be Trissard on the left, Martinelli up top, and then Saka on the right. I just, like, Jesus, he's been great for Arsenal, and every, yeah. but he vastly underperforms his XG. And yeah. I know he is, his link-up play is does, incredible, the way he carries the ball. He does so many other things. He drops him. deep. But if you put Martinelli in that position, I think that he is much more clinical and then you're able to have Trissard on the left, who obviously, as we can see, he creates almost yeah. as well as anyone else in the league. I think if they, they're they in this position where they have to chase, they have to get points, they have and to they're win. going to they have, have to, to win score. their remaining games. Yeah. They have to score goals. Because at this point, Gabriel might be out. Saliba, who knows when he's going to be back. I haven't seen anything on when he's going to be coming back. I, I don't think it's going to be this but, week. You have to be putting those players in positions to where they can succeed and play the best possible. I think that top three is the best attacking um, selection for Arsenal right now. I, I'm i not disagreeing with you at all. I think that's probably maybe correct, depending on who they play against. I think that's something that needs to be framed. Obviously, if I think Jesus offers certain things that Martinelli wouldn't up top, but I think they're more probably versatile with with that. But, I mean, another part of this conversation, Luke, is is that 
we also have to consider that Man City are still in Champions League and have two two legs against Real Madrid. Yes, that's a big point to note as well. I was going to bring that up too, but and th- um, that's also why I say that too because they're they're going to be half distracted. And if we look at that, so that Chelsea game, so they play Real Madrid in the second leg on the on the seventeenth, which is a Wednesday, and then they turn around and play Chelsea on that Sunday on the twenty first. I think that is a massive trap game. And they and then honestly after that they go 3 days and they play Brighton, which that one who knows how Chelsea's going to be, who knows. But if the Chelsea game is in a trap game then the Brighton game for sure is okay. Brighton hold, has a lot hold, to play for. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. Have you watched Chelsea play recently? I have. They look terrible. They look so bad. There is so, no structure. The players look like they have nothing to play because they don't. There's no reason for them to be on the pitch right now other than gaining experience. They're playing Azpilicueta. I do not see that as a trap game one, but I think they could go out there and play City's B squad and thrash them 7-0. It's possible, but the thing we have to consider is Chelsea does have the talent in that squad to surprise City. If they could piece it together, but... With super Frank Lampard, I don't see that happening. I'm just saying, Luke, it's possible. It, Maybe. It's entirely possible. I'm just, I'm just, we're, we're, we're speculative here. We're not, we're not, we're not time travelers. I don't know what's going to happen, but there, there's a chance. And even if that Chelsea game, the Chelsea game is, that's a long shot for, for anything happening. But the Brighton game, three days after they've just played game three days later after the, after the Real game, that one is for sure. A trap game because Brighton is has to win the remaining games to try to qualify for Champions League. Yeah, or even I, Europe. I agree. Brighton is going to be a really tough test for them. But let's say even that City win every match but that one, right? Brighton is probably going to be their toughest test left outside of Real Madrid. Yeah. They can still win the league without with dropping that match. They have one point advantage right now with a game in hand. So if they win that game in hand, which I think is Brighton. Yes, it is. Even if they don't get that game in hand and they win out the remaining fixtures, they still win the league. And yeah. that's that's counting on Arsenal winning every match, the remaining four. And I don't know if they're going to against Newcastle um, and Brighton too. Like I can see them drawing or even dropping all three points, right? Yeah. And this is and, kind of what I wanted to get into, right? Oh, go so, ahead. Since February 4th, City have not lost since February, before February 4th. Since February 4th, they have got 37 out of 39 possible points out of 13 matches, which is an incredible run, right? And since February 4th, Arsenal have eight wins, three losses, and four draws. So... If you look at the numbers, out of a possible 45 points, they have a mere 28. Mm-hmm. And that discrepancy there just shows to me that I don't even know if we can rely on Arsenal to get the remaining 12 points that they have on the table. It's, it's question, it is questionable. I agree with you, Luke. But there's just something inside me that says this has been one of those seasons for Arsenal. And this just kind of happened. And it feels it feels kind of magical, you know? Like it's something that just kind of played out, and they like if you would have told an Arsenal fan at the beginning of this year 
that with four, basically four or five games to go, that you're one point behind City, and you had the ability to possibly win the league at this point, they wouldn't have believed you. No, I agree. We've they talked would, about this before. They would not have believed you at all. This, like, this result is definitely ahead of the expected timeline that Arsenal fans had for this squad. Absolutely. With how young they are, the I mean, and also the talent underlying the squad is, you know, you expect them to get there eventually. But this season, I don't think anyone expected this run. No, and not frankly, at all. it's not even City. I don't even think that Arsenal actually have bottled the league. Yeah, that's, I think that's it's just more stupid when people that, say that. That's just you know easy to say and just honestly, it's regurgitating. Um, it's lazy. common things. It's lazy. Right? I, I I don't agree with that at all. I just think that City have been incredible. With Holland up top, they are a different beast. And the way that they control matches with their possession is just terrifying for other teams. And now you have Erling Holland up top, a mm-hmm. certifiable goal machine. Yeah. I just don't know how you stop them. I don't know how Real are going to stop them. Real have been playing so terrible lately. I think they dropped points earlier in the week um, in La Liga. But and they're just Champions coming in League. bad form. I don't know. I just, it's, I think. Listen, Real and Champions League is just different than they are in La Liga. And there's no, there's no fans or butts about that. They're just yeah, a different team. But I also think that City's just a completely different beast that they haven't faced yet in Champions League. Dude, honestly, I hope so. You know how I feel about Real. I hope, I hope Holland has, scores four goals in both legs against them. Yeah. Jerry, if you're listening, just know that, you know, we're, we're at, between Barca and Real. Barca every day. All day. All yeah. day. All day, son. <laughs> 29. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so that's kind of really all the points that I wanted to make on the topic. I think that most likely City are going to win the league. They're in the driver's seat right now. They're playing insanely well. I mean, if they drop points against Leeds, that would be the ultimate shock of the on, almost season at this point. Yeah, really. Um, with Big Sam leads, leads hey, anybody? Big Sam, a better tactical mind than Pep Guardiola, apparently. So we'll see how that According plays to out. Himself, um, ten a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'll be at work, <laughs> slaving away. God, I'll send you updates, so it's okay. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Um, All right, but um, okay. So look, I have I have one one little last point. Yeah, no, I, this is a good conversation. Let's keep it going if we can. Yeah, just just really quick. Um, We'll see what happens, but I, I just want to go on. I'm going to go on note and say I think Arsenal are winning the league. The main reasons, just in recap for everybody out there, City and Champions League, and Chelsea and Brighton. We'll see what happens in that double. I think that double is going to be tricky for Man City. And it Luke's right; be. they can yeah. lose. They can lose one game and still be fine. But we'll we'll just see how it plays out. I I, I don't think it's going to be a smooth path. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think last season. I would say yes, because, I'm sorry, excuse me, we had those questions about where do City's goals come from, you know, it's free-flowing, the system, you know, everything looks good, but it's just, you don't have those patterns to play where you can say this is for sure where the goals are going to come from. Yeah. With Holland, you know where the goals are going to come from, and yeah, I th- the goals are going to come, especially against someone like Leeds. Um it's. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. It honestly going back to FPL, triple captaining Holland against Leeds 
maybe not a bad idea. Yeah, I, there, look, I there's looked at that world, thought earlier. There's a world where he scores five goals against Leeds and on, and just go ahead and yeah. breaks the 40-goal barrier in the yeah. first half. Yeah, I love the stats um, out there about Leeds for the amount of goals given up with Tyler Adams and the amount of goals given up without him in a short little window. It's insane oh, how, how much the impact he, he's easily their player this season, even if he's been out the last like three fourths of the season or maybe like four fifths of the season. It's it's absolutely insane, and you know what? Little USMNT um, stand for me here that how fucking awesome for Tyler Adams that he was doubted. He went he was at RB, kind of fell out of the roster, didn't play very much, and then he goes to the Premier League team and just absolutely kills it. Oh, I I completely agree with that assessment. He has he showed us things only, I didn't we didn't realize that that's the thing. That's what I wanted to say is not only has he met the level of the Premier League, he has grown continually yeah. throughout the season. Where you can see his vertical passing improving, his awareness on the pitch, um, adapting to the pace of play, all of those things he has checked those off. And mm-hmm. frankly, I'm just happy to continue watching him play. I think, you know, if Leeds get relegated, he'll definitely be moving on to another club, which I really don't I, – I wish he would – he'd stay. I hope Leeds stay up is what I'm trying to say, and he, and he can we'll stay see. there. We'll see. Because I think that, you know, he could become a club legend if he stays for four, five, six, seven years. Yeah. Hey, um, Jesse Marsh, um, I know you're listening to this podcast right now. Just remember, whenever you're the USMNT coach, put a ball player beside him, a.k.a. Luca De La Torre with Gio Reyna in front of them. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. That's a good tactical all analysis I'm there. All I'm saying. But, Luke, um, do you want to do like a quick little um, thoughts on our adventure in England? Yeah. Um, Just a short little recap, and then we'll close out. I'm not going to try to do a British accent. I do not want to def... def- you knobhead, why don't you try it? No, I'm not going to do that. But our trip to <laughs> England was incredible. We went for yeah. about... We were in London for about seven days total throughout mm-hmm. the course of the trip. It is a beautiful city with amazing food, incredible yeah. people. And we went to our first Premier League match. It was quite fly the experience. Fly. We got to see Crystal Palace play Everton. Mm-hmm. And it was a scorching nil-nil draw. Yeah. Um, the, but the atmosphere was incredible. It was. We ended up getting two seats that were about four rows back from the pitch. Which stupid. Just, oh, so what a way. stupid in the best way. What a way to experience your first Premier League match, just being right mm-hmm. there, almost being able to reach out and, you know, grab a ball if it comes up in the stands. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's incredible seeing it from that close, too, because it's our first time being to a Premier League, Premier League match. And the pace that they play with is so mind-blowing. Yeah. You know, like just the little touches that players take here and there. Um, Let me tell you, Jordan IU looks so good in that match. He did. He he, he looks like he could do anything on the ball. Like, I'm not talking like Messi level, but like he just, he looked so fluid. I was so impressed by him. And we knew we were going to be at the match ahead of time. So I captained Elise and he came up with a solid blank. So, but you know, I was there and I will admit, I can see why people do it. It's a lot of fun having a little FPL skin in the game and watching a specific player while you're there. Um, So I, you know, it was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. England next time. Let me bring a beer down in the stands. (laughs) Like, come on. Uh, 
I think there's a good reason why that doesn't happen. Come on, Paul. like I'm, I'll behave myself. I promise. I I'll, be think, a, I'll be a good boy. I don't Just think let me, they're let me worried in. about let me you. With the beer. They're not worried about you. Let's be honest. All right, fair. There's some other stuff going on there that I think they're a little more worried about. Whatever. So okay, um, that's fine. Yeah, I'm but what it. an experience. We had an amazing time. Awesome. Um, hopefully next time we're over there we'll get to meet some of our listeners, have a meetup perhaps. That would be that'd be a dream come true to get to meet everyone out there. Um and yeah, so I think do you have any closing thoughts on our trip, Paul? No, I think um actually I, I have one little note. Um so I um, went by Stanford Bridge. And let me tell you <laughs> Here we go. The juju was just off. Like being there, I was like, this place just feels like a ghost town. Which, by the way, Chelsea, the area, I was like, this is beautiful. I love this. And then we got to the stadium, and I was like, is there like, is somebody walking across my grave? Like, <laughs> like what the hell is happening? And then I was, oh, we're at Stanford Bridge. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. Actually, that was the ghost of Christian Pulisic wandering around whoa, the grounds. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't be throwing strays on our no, podcast. No, no, everyone's Pulisic. throwing strays at him. I'm not throwing a stray. The I'm ghost. saying. He is unused, underappreciated, and frankly, he should haunt them because Chelsea has treated him terribly. They've been so mismanaged. They've overspent. And frankly, they have a shit fan base, if I'm going to be honest. They're just so toxic. Yep. And as far as I'm concerned, good rentance over the summer. Please go somewhere else and, you know, just cook. You know, make those Chelsea fans realize exactly what they're missing. And everything will be good. So I, I wasn't able to go to Stanford Bridge, but Paul, I think you were right. I feel like from everything Juju's you're saying, off, man. that you know, just off. Chelsea's cursed at this point. Maybe I probably won't last long because they'll spend you know probably a billion dollars over the summer again. You know, who are they going to spend a billion dollars on? I mean, like they they brought in a whole new team. They still have the same issue. I, I hear that Todd Bowley is actually looking at some NBA players to bring them in. LeBron James. Put our best American players on. And imagine if our best American athletes played soccer. We, I wonder why we've never talked about that. That would be so cool if LeBron James, Steph Curry, who else? Like super NFL players. Like if they played soccer, I bet they'd be so good. That's an interesting take. I don't know. It depends. Like I don't know if those skills are transferable. The athletic ability for wait, sure wait, is. Wait, did you not understand my sarcasm there? I yeah, I just am saying I don't know. I don't agree with that, but I did not. No, see I don't agree with it either. That's just the every world that one went over my head, so I'll take I'll take the blame for that. Yeah, one. that's every World Cup cycle. They run segments on ESPN, all this stuff, and they're like, Imagine if LeBron James played soccer. Oh my god, we would win a World Cup every 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 two years when we have the World Cup, we would win it. Yeah, please, American people, get your head straight, okay? All right. Well, <laughs> I think that's probably going to conclude this fiery end of the podcast. Both of us kind of went in there a little bit. So um, that's good. any, that's any good. Chelsea fans out there, you know, it's not personal. You're strays. It's not personal. We don't dislike site. you. <laughs> it's just kind of, you know, as Paul said, the jujus. It's off. on site is what Paul said. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to conclude on that one. So um, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And um, to conclude it, we'll see you next time. See it. Say it. Sort it. Mind the gap. Bye.